0: Once again, we are here at the Prudential Center for Devil of a Conversation. My name is Seth Everett. Uh, If you have listened to this one and haven't listened to any of the previous, I will say this. You might want to press pause. Go listen to the other ones. They are pretty good. Uh, I am here with the president of the New Jersey Devils, Hugh Weber. We are in his Batcave office in an undisclosed location. I mean, this is where I think this is where they hit Cheney during during that time. Hugh, welcome to the show. Seth, I'm not sure how I should take you telling them to go listen to something else before listening to me, but thank you. But that means they're coming back. That means they're coming back. (laughs) I I just think that when they listen, if they listen to Corey Schneider, they will want to subscribe to all of the interviews. If they listen to this one, do you think this interview will get people to listen to the other ones?
1: I think so. Yes. (laughs) Of course I'm going to say yes. So it's good to be here, Um, And whether it's your first podcast or... you're uh, hopefully not your
0: last Um, I look forward to the next uh, however long we have together that's right that's right now you and I know each other off and on for for a while now but I think a lot of the fans they see you walking around I know you do this great thing on social media that we have to talk about about giving away your tickets very smart moves things like that but tell me a little bit about yourself how did you come to working for this organization what brings you to New Jersey Wow um, and I thought you said this was a sh- an easy question. Oh, this is the- <laughs> this is your life, Hugh Weber.
1: <laughs> so I'm here. Uh, I've been here for three and a half years. Um, I've known uh, Josh Harris and David Butzer for a while from my NBA days. Uh, obviously, known Scott O'Neill for over a decade, um, and I uh, knew them through kind of my work in the NBA, both at the uh, through the league and, and owning uh, the, them, owning the Hornets, New Orleans Hornets at the time, um, but. I had kind of helped lead that team through some pretty chaotic times um, uh, through its uh, uh, move and transition from Charlotte to New Orleans, New Orleans to Oklahoma City uh, after Katrina, and then Katrina, two years post-Katrina, moving the team back from Oklahoma City to New Orleans. And when we got it stabilized and set, my work was done. And um, coincidentally, the timing of this coming up here, um, I looked at the, what I looked at as a complicated puzzle, which is making sports in New Jersey successful and, and making this team stand for something um, pretty um, uh, valuable and, and, and um, impactful in this community of, of New Jersey. And um, it was a combination of great people uh, doing really incredible uh, work. And um, being able to bring my family to a community that uh, quality of life is pretty darn high. So, yeah. those three things together uh, put me in this chair.
0: It's, uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting web, and it's very interesting that because of your work in Oklahoma City with Clay Bennett, led to the end of the franchise that I used to work for, the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, that's I grew up. You grew up in Seattle. I did. Now, this is staying in the <laughs> podcast. I, I had no idea.
1: Yeah, so it was uh, the the uh, the connective tissue between my personal, um, you know, growing up in the Seattle area, uh, and then finding myself in Oklahoma City. Um, literally sitting, I sat sat next to Clay Bennett every oh, yeah. single night, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, you know having him, uh, you know, then lead the charge uh, to you know get a team to Oklahoma City. Yeah, it, it was actually very interesting to watch that unfold uh, both as a kid uh, living through um, the fact that the Sonics are not in Seattle but more importantly um, you know Oklahoma City did did an amazing job in the time that we were there the fan base you know clearly deserved to have um, a franchise to root for they were doing some amazing things in terms of of um, how to rebrand the city and so you know, it's one of those things that's in this business. Um, Relocation is the, the ugliest story in sports. And, you know, I think Seattle's an amazing city, and I don't think anybody doubts that it'll have a fran- more franchises than they currently have, whether in one league or the other. Um, it's just a matter of time. But,
0: um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting this literally that could be an entirely different episode we have so many things to talk about there but I will do a professional segue folks this is for all you you broadcasting majors this how you do a segue the devils were once a team that people thought would relocate there was the talk in the 90s about Nashville you saw what happened with the Predators and how successful that franchise has become people thought this arena would be a pipe dream and it's very interesting to see the growth of this franchise because The people who brought this franchise to Newark did so, and then suddenly now they're not involved in the franchise anymore. So a fan wants to know what's different because the building's still here. Yes, there are aesthetic differences, but what's different now that there's new ownership with a franchise that literally almost became a Nashville team? Yeah, so it, you could actually um, look
1: at um, karma or whatever you want to call whatever higher powers or spirit you want to think about, but it was literally in '95. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure that if the team doesn't make a run for the cup and, and win, that the team isn't somewhere else. So, you know, if you look at the history and trace the history here, this is a team that had a tremendous amount of success on the ice. You know, consecutive years in the playoffs, five Stanley Cup final appearances, three championships. I mean, it was amazing, and yet. Always was challenged, you know, f- from a from a commercial standpoint or from financially, and so um, as a business in which this is, and I think sometimes we um, lose sight of the fact that these sports entities, these sports brands, they are for the most part small businesses that actually um, need to be funded by, you know, people who love either have a passion; it's a passion project for them, which was, I think was the case um, in terms of why this building got built. Um, or they have to somehow justify it. You know, in other ways, uh, in other words, growing the business outside of just winning and losing. And so, um, as we look around and, and we see this spectacular building that'll be ten years old next year. Um, oh my goodness, really? Wow. Uh, can you believe it? Um, and and yet they they did a tremendous job, and had some f- um, some some vision and foresight to say. As many municipalities did, you know, let's go to a downtown location that might be blighted or needs some some tr- uh, transcendent change, and we normally see this like ten years later, where these communities are starting to take off. You know, you, we saw it in the D.C. and some other markets, and I think we're seeing that this renaissance of Newark now, right? So, um, so it's an interesting thing for us. Uh, if you were to um, look at the experience that people have that come to our building and we do a ton of market research on this we do a ton of focus groups and and the people who come to our building like it's great they love it it's love safe it. and it's like but when we first got here it was this whole the whole Newark question what's Newark and oh my gosh and is it really safe and is that and yeah we did actually went out and did the, the, the research and it's three times more safe than the next closest building in this market um, you know, the ones that are in the, the city and, and other and other boroughs. And and so we knew that, that we had, like we didn't have to tell people it was safer, that we knew it was safer. It was really more about the experience. And so I think we're gonna see over time, as people come and and spend time in our building, we have about a million, 1.7 million people who come to our building annually. The issue is is that there's not enough to do. Like there's things right. that they need to do around before and after. And that's what we're starting to see is these small businesses, these small restaurants, other things open up around the building where people can say, let's go get there early. Let's chill. Let's hang out. Let's hang out after a win. And then we'll go home. And I think that's what you're going to see in the next two to three years.
0: Right. It reminds me of Baltimore. You you were talking about other cities, uh, Denver, Mm -hmm. uh, Coors Field, Camden Yards. You see that uh, start to change. But some of that's out of your control because this franchise and the ownership group is not buying all the land and building a funplex um, what about trying to get small businesses and what can be the attractive thing about small businesses the incentive for them because there is a stigma and I, I've said when I, when I started working here the first thing I said was I bring my children here. I brought my children here when they were two years old. More people need to know that. Right.
1: So there's a few things that are going in our favor. We we are actively actually going out and investing in properties. We've already done it um, in, in the city. Um... But we also have um, a, a long-term plan that Mayor Brock has been very active in pushing. Um, you're going to see a park um, uh, start construction in about 60 days uh, just across the street. This is the, the long-awaited what they call Triangle Park. is now called Mulberry Commons, and it will be a, a greenway uh, basically from our front door to uh, Newark Penn Station. And, 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 again, so if you think of uh, – on, on any uh, any given night, about a third of our fans come by by rail. And that's one of the, the advent- advantageous things that people maybe lose sight of about this location versus out of the meadowlands is that the the connectivity that we have uh, by rail and by, for the ease of people getting into this into this building is pretty uh, phenomenal.
0: But people know that. I, I, that's what I always wonder because you know as somebody who when this building opened, lived in New York and now lives in New Jersey, um, there's this perception about the only thing that you go on, get on the train for is to go to Hoboken or to Manhattan. Is there is there enough of a I'm fascinated to know about the third of of the clientele that come via the train because I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. So <clears throat> um,
1: there's a few things that will change over time. And I think that third will grow uh, to to a half or more as there starts start to be a development around here. The candid fact is we have a few thousand parking spots around. So it's almost like you have the best of all worlds. You can come in easily, park your car, walk across the street, and get in. So from an access standpoint, it's almost too easy now. But as it becomes... you know, a little harder to get a parking spot or, you know, maybe the parking goes up a little bit because there's people actually living down here and the cost of, then people will start factoring in and, you know, we believe in supply and demand. People will start going, you know, I'll take a $12 $12 train ride in instead of worrying about it. Um, But but right now, people love the experience of driving in, parking their car, coming into a building, which again, people are friendly, uh, the staff is amazing and, um, you know, hopefully have a good
0: entertaining night, whether it's the Devils or a concert or something else. I'm, I, I've seen a variety of of uh, events here. Uh, Michael Buble, I remember. You what look like a Buble guy. I'm a Buble <laughs> guy. My wife got me hooked on Michael Buble. It's okay. He Don't worry, good. Prince fans. I'm still a he's Prince from guy. Canada. Yes, he is from Canada. Uh, and he's hilarious. he's um, a hockey fan. Yes, yeah, a huge hockey fan. And I remember somebody tried to give him a Devils jersey. Was that you who gave him the Devils jersey yeah. when he said he hates all the New York teams? <laughs> And he didn't know we were not one of the New York I teams. Know. We're I the only Jersey well, you team.
1: You heard him say that. Yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. And he actually, we had, he was at the time when he uh, had a, just newborn, and so we had a devil's onesie yes, made yes. for him as well, yes.
0: And then, and then I remember the circus was here. It was great here. The circus, the funny thing about the circus, my funny line is, uh, that's where the lines to the restrooms are at the family restrooms. That's the only time is at the circus because that's what everybody's trying to do. You know, that's probably –
1: there's probably something to be said for that. Although I will tell you a lot of people have said that they've seen – one of the transitions they've seen over the last three and a half years that there are a lot more families coming to games now. And I'm not sure if – you know, we don't have any statistics to back that up. But we do see see a lot that even on uh, school nights – and we tried to arrange some of the start times for our games. So we did a 5 o'clock Saturday night um, on Saturday. We've done 7.30 starts on Friday, which give people a chance to get
0: home get the family, and come back. And I think all those
1: things are having an impact. The
0: the interesting part, I'm, I'm thinking of, the gymnastics was a fantastic event. Um, but all in all, the idea that so many different things are coming. So now I wanted to ask you about branding because the Devil's logo is uh, now has a tradition. They're, iconic. It's iconic. It's iconic logo. Yes. But now the I, the target seems to be the entire state of New Jersey – not just hockey fans. There's a growth there. There's a building there. There's this one jersey marketing campaign. What is the ideal person? Who are you trying to convince to take the train to the Prudential Center? Is it the the devil's fan? Is it a hockey fan? Or is it just a sports fan? Or just a person who likes to come to this building? So
1: this is, we we think, is the interesting opportunity that we, um, in a unique way, sit in. One is we believe that there is a common ethic, a common value system, a common belief that if you're from New Jersey, you get it, you understand it. We hear people talk about it all the time. I could be in California. I look across the room and I know the person from Jersey. I know it. I see it. I feel it. And it's part of that ethic that we want to tap into. And they went to my high school. (laughs) And one of the first things that people say when you say, well, are you from Jersey or this and that, they typically talk about, well, I'm from you know, this part or this town, or I'm from the shore, or I'm from, and so when we talk about this community that we're all part of, we t- we, the first thing we do is tend to, to fragment it and talk about it in the piece of the, the existence, and part of that is because I think our experience in this place is not as one of eight million residents of New Jersey, but as one of a, a small community that lives in a small town, right? So this is a very fragmented, 500 and some odd towns that make up eight million people. So our whole strategy is pretty simple. Instead of being one of the New York teams, we want to be the only Jersey team, and we want to be the team um, that owns uh, this community and owns the values, more importantly, not geographically owns this place, but, but owns what the, we stand for. And if you happen to be a fan of another team, if you happen to be a Rangers fan or an Honors fan or somebody else and live here, then you're opting out. Right. It's it's your choice not to be part of this tribe, but but we're not going to assume that just because um, you're a fan of that. And we want the devil's crest. We want we want that to stand for people who believe in what we're doing on this side of the Hudson. We want that crest, whether you're a hockey fan or not, to, to wear it with pride. We see some people wear Yankees hats and all this other stuff because. You know, they're part of the, the boroughs. Like, we want this to be kind of our crest. And so you're seeing the whole Jersey campaign in terms of um, a, as a way for us to consolidate and to think about the, the team and, and, and the, the, the Devil's logo. And this building, the, the Prudential Center, as kind of the town square of where we celebrate all the things that we love. And so that's going to take us years, years and years and years and years to get that done. But we're already seeing where we're skewing younger. Our demographics are much younger in the market. So if you're over 40, it's likely you could be a Ranger fan. And if you're under you know, 35, it's likely you're probably a Devil's fan, unless you grew up in a, a Ranger's household or some other thing or got brainwashed or kidnapped or something.
0: How will a fan who pays attention to this stuff, And I think the reason why this is going to be very interesting to a lot of people, I think fans pay attention to they they want to know that the thing is on good footing. What what do they have to see a park? Do they have to see attendance figures? What is the, the barometer? What's the measuring stick for how well this is going?
1: So I, I think uh, if you're talking about the business in general or you're talking about the brand or all the things that we
0: I mean, but all the things that you just said, like the, the, the logo, the, the the jersey connection, the, the, the idea that everything that this franchise is putting together just works because the best thing I've loved since working here, and I'm being completely honest, is the record was never talked about. We didn't say we were going to have a good year if the team made the playoffs or won the division how what's the measuring stick right so winning is an accelerant
1: for sure right but we've got to get our our base down to got to get our strategy down we need to know our audience and what we're what, what our narrative is and what actually we represent and so um, there's a few different things that some are quality qualitative and some are quantitative the quantitative ones you, you're right you'll see full buildings you'll see you know an order bars order ours popping up Bars popping up you'll see quality like you'll just hear a buzz around gosh, have you been to the devil's game lately? Oh my gosh, have you gone to see the Prudential Center to see, did you see that such and such is going to play there for 10 days? Like all of that stuff, when you become more socially relevant and it just become part of the normal talk of the everyday life, then you'll know like, okay, these guys are onto something. I get it. Um, but in terms of the, the the qualitative stuff, when our messaging is really, really strong and you know uh, resonating, you'll see maybe a story and you'll go like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like you can imagine, like if, if the Yankees did something, you'd go like, I wonder "Why they did that?" Because that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, oh, they're going to the Yankees are going to go play one of their their home games
0: um, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And, yeah,
1: <laughs> whatever. It's like well, whatever. Um, so so those are all the things that we look at. And you know, you know Ray uh, Shiro came in a year and a half ago. I think that what fans may have seen um, in the very very short time that he's been here, obviously, he's had to kind of retool. You know uh, what his pipeline of talent, and and, you know, kind of, we've gone younger, and we've done a bunch of other things. But the thing that fans probably have seen more than anything is our use of players in the community, our use of players, social media, our use of players. And it's not that, you know, one 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 had a rule of doing things one way. One it didn't. There's just a belief that we're one team, and that the more that we can engage this team with the people who live in this community, the better. And so that's something you're going to see ongoing and for us to be innovative and push kind of the limits on what that looks like while not compromising the quality of the ice. Obviously, that's something that's been important to this franchise for a long time.
0: I, I, I wanted to transition to the on ice because I want to spend... That's
1: a, because I knew you did. Yes. I, <laughs> see, you're helping me with
0: the segues now. I get it. Um, but this idea that... Um, I think there's something here. And the players that I've talked to a lot of people feel like there's talent in the room and that there's, there's something there. There are these hiccups, that, what, the shrug-your-shoulders moments when you, you kind of look at this team and you're not sure where the consistency lies. Um, what can you tell fans about Ray's vision, about Coach Hines, just about the idea that Rome wasn't built in a day and that there's, this season has been one of progress and it's not window dressing.
1: So there's a few things. One is uh, we have a pretty young team. We are we are actually giving a lot of our younger players great opportunities, and you know that that's something that is a, a huge investment when you actually give them uh, ice time, in um, real uh, game experience. Um, that coupled with the fact that you know, um, again, part of Bray's biggest challenge that he had to come in is is, is to establish the culture, right? And John Hines and his staff have always and, and have done a tremendous job in about in um, in teaching and 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 building kind of what this culture is all about, and he's done that in partnership with Ray, right? So we've talked about this off the ice as well. Is that? You know, three and a half years ago we came in, and we've we we've, we've got 250 employees now. At the time when we got here, there was 75. And mm-hmm. you know, for the first two and a half years, you're telling people where the bathroom is, and and you know, that's some of the same things that hockey is going through. And we, they've ramped up their scouting, international and local, and and, and uh, domestic. They've you know they've done they've done every rock has been overturned, every aspect of the game in terms of you know medical science and analytics and psychology, the whole thing. All of that is taking place behind the scenes that the fans don't see, but the players and the coaches do, right? And that creates a baseline. And now with our cap space and the other things um, with, with the, p- the potential that we believe is an arbitrage for, for getting talent here with, um, with the uh, expansion draft, and th- there are resources and things we have in place that, again, uh, we think the team is very well equipped to take that next leap forward um, because you can go out and get talent but if you don't have the core and the, and the system around it then it, 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 it's not going to work long term
0: All right, I'm getting the flag here so uh, I feel like practice is over um, now we have to get serious I, my last question to you I have waited to ask you this question on air I have had three opportunities we don't have to describe when that I have wanted to ask you these questions oh but I didn't think there was enough of an audience to really get a good laugh out of it my complaint about this arena. This arena and you guys didn't build it, so it's not it's nothing that, that the order. ownership group, but I need an explanation. Sure. The men's room. I don't know about the ladies' room. The men's room, there are articulate devil's logos on the handles for toilets and urinals. Articulate devil's logos. There is no way that's cheaper than auto flush. No way. <laughs>
1: Well, um, you know what? If you want to ask me a brand new question, I'm not sure I would use my beloved Devin, the Devil's logo on a, a urinal. Looking back, I probably, I don't think that would have been an economic conversation. If someone had said to me, we have a choice, put the logo on or off, I'd say, keep it off. That's just my two
0: cents. I just, it, was, it, it was the first thing I noticed when I walked in the building and I said, auto flush. I mean, how, whatever the dollar figure to put auto flush on all these, other, all these things, you engraved devil's logos
1: i was not in the room when that decision was made but i i I consider it one of the better
0: amenities of the building (laughs) (laughs) hugh this is great uh my thought is at the end of the season we'll do a a a season recap we'd love to have you back if this is the first one you've listened to he plugs the podcast all the time on his social media we know he does uh thank you so much for doing this
1: great to do it and look forward to the next one thanks
0: that's Hugh Weber, and uh, this is Devil of a Conversation. My name is Seth Everett. Thanks for downloading, and thanks for tuning in.